Hello beautiful people and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls One Doc. One Doc. It's your girl BD. It's Florence the Fiance. And we back, we back and I'm I'm drinking today. I took it back to basics. I am just having a cheeky barefoot pink Moscato. Okay. And then I thought, let me just go back to my roots, you know? My go true back self. to the roots. Right. Um, can we assume that you're drinking the Costco, uh, what's it called? Yeah, you can. I'm saving what's the calories. Kirkland. For... That's yeah. it, Kirkland. I'm saving the calories for something special. So it's Kirkland well, for now. Well, there you go. Whoop, there it is. Um, what are we doing today? Uh, we're doing the college admission scandal, <laughs> which was requested. I had two people request that we do this. So we... We obliged. Um, no, thank you to those people because I know that Florence would have not wanted to do it otherwise. And I watched it and yeah. I was like, oh, this would be really good to do. And then when I saw you guys tweet, I was like, ah, praise Jesus, now she has to. <laughs> yeah, no, this just, it just wasn't my cup of tea, but... What, because of the reenactments? Yeah, and again, it's just, I just really don't, like, guys, I've, we've said this so many times, or at least I've said this, I don't really particularly like... Netflix documentaries from a podcasting perspective there's a lot of unnecessary stuff in it and when they do these like docu-movie things as well like I just want to follow the story but then like the movies are always out of sync with the story and it's just weird so you know what this 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 um docu-movie wasn't it didn't bother me as much as the social dilemma one because this one was like actual conversations from like they were just re it was actually reenactments of like actual conversations that were had and I felt like um in terms of like a podcasting perspective like writing notes for it you didn't really have to comment too much about those things they just kind of helped to it's almost as if they had so much footage in terms of like all these wiretaps that they were like oh might as well put it to use do you know what I mean yeah, so it didn't, yeah it didn't really bother me and as for the Netflix length like that's just it is what it is now like I'm not it's like being surprised that a man did a trash thing. Of course a man did a trash thing. Do you know what I mean? Are we going to complain about it every single... Well, we are going to complain about it every single time. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? It's just like I'm used to it now with the Netflix thing. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, I enjoyed the documentary. Maybe more so in terms of what it was about. Yeah, and another thing as well way... is like, even the subject matter, like I knew what it was. There was only one aspect that I didn't know about, but I knew all the stuff. So again, I was kind of like, okay. But yeah, it was it was... It was it was a documentary. It was a documentary. Anyway, guys, just for the listeners, I've told Florence to start picking the documentaries from now on, just so that we get better vibes. I think it's okay. It's okay if I don't like. I don't have to like it. I mean, it's, no, but it's, you know, but it's nice. It's I nice when you like it because then your your energy is more like. Eh, I think I'll, I think I'll throw some shade at the documentary, and you no, guys but we love the, the shades. Shade. We love the yeah. shade. So the documentary opens up with us seeing like a compilation of students opening their college admission emails. Um, And then we also see like this compilation of news stories on the Varsity Blues college admission scandal. And I remember like some of these um, college admission open videos because I saw quite a few. I think there was one where this black boy opened his email on like the Wendy Williams show or something and then he got into Harvard. So there were a few of these things and I don't know why it was such a big thing that particular year because I think this was 2018. But like mm. all these people like opening their college admissions on um, the internet. So I remembered a few of these clips. Mm. So as I said, um, Netflix does this docu-movie thing that it does. And like for those of you who didn't listen to the... Um, the what Social episode? Dilemma. Yeah, the social dilemma. 
just to give you like some insight, it's basically like when they've got like these movie, these movie elements to the like documentary inserts, in the like documentary. scenes. Yeah. But this one was different because as I was said say, earlier, I preferred this one. If I had to have one, yeah. I would preferred this one. Not a whole fucking um, movie written about some yeah like the social dilemma one was like okay yeah it was very unnecessary um mm-hmm. but like like bd <laughs> said this depicted real conversations so i guess that was interesting because you literally heard like their voices and everything on exactly what they said mm-hmm. but in terms of the um the movie itself yeah i could have done without what did you they think about the <laughs> the acting was really like the, the only way I could it's kind of like porn acting like it was you like can really tell drama. these people wanted to like blow from here and into something bigger but apparently one of the guys in it is like a famous is a famous actor like yeah I, I recognised him I just, I just couldn't remember where I'd seen him but one of the and I couldn't be bothered to search yeah no um, yeah 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 and another thing Netflix you really need to get the programme Amazon has this really cool thing where like when you're watching a show or something you can hover over and it shows you all and the people the in actors, that scene. Yeah. yeah, like I love that. that about Prime Video. Do that, like, but yeah, there was there was a famous actor, and then also, guys, I flagged this later on, and I'll flag it again. But one of the guys who was part of the scandal also played himself in the movie bit, and I was just like, bro, like, Wait, I mean, I guess he needed about? a check. I'll tell you when we get there. Okay. But yeah, I guess he super duper needed a check, which is understandable. So okay, we hear about this guy called Rick Singer and he's an independent college counsellor and he's basically the mastermind between this whole scandal because everybody knows about this scandal unless you're living under a rock because there were loads of celebrities and super rich people involved in it and off the bat I would just say this should just be called like white scan white privilege and white privilege white tears yeah literally because it just yeah so we actually learned that this scandal dates back like many years um and the talking heads tell us that from that one of the talking heads tells us that from his own investigation into rick's life basically he's always been deceptive so yeah the scandal may have started way back when but Mm -hmm. rick himself has always been a dodgy dave he's been trash yeah he's been trash so basically for people who are listening and is like are like oh my gosh what is a college counsellor independent college counsellor especially people in the UK basically an independent college counsellor helps wealthy kids get through the college admissions process and as Rick was the only one in the field in this area of Sacramento where he lived he was very sought after now Mm. it's not like it exclusively says only for wealthy people or wealthy white people but just by the fact that it's very expensive to have an independent yeah, college counsellor, by only wealthy, of, like what is required, it's like which it's is like cash. loads of things. It doesn't say whites only, but it's like okay, you know that only white people know about this or can exactly. afford this, and therefore it's whites only. Literally, so they don't have to say no niggas allowed for you to know that this ain't. But no niggas were allowed. So um, it starts to come out that Rick was offering to get people into college for a small amount of money, which is obviously kind of like underhand. Was it underhand? Under table? I don't know. Um, both, both of them. Both, both of them, literally. And he starts changing college admissions. Um, so like in the admission box where you pick your ethnicity, he would make them about to be ethnic minorities. Fam. Um, so that they Fam. would get... Literally, so this black fishing didn't start yesterday, then <laughs> literally, like Rachel Dollars out. This is the, the origin story, Diallo. literally. Um, and he also lies about his own credentials and working history. 
So I, there were many talking heads in this documentary, so I did not write their names down. If there was anyone you wrote down that you thought was particularly special, let me know. I did um, not. I don't, I don't believe there was not one. Yeah. They all... Oh, no, I did. Nice... The only one that I speak about is the one that... Um, don't tell me the guy. The okay, cool. The guy. Um, the, the guy. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. So our talking heads basically talk about how college is a commodity and colleges are everything... Um, are doing everything to make themselves look more prestige and become less and less about education itself. Mm -hmm. So, as I said, you know, you have the talking heads talking. And I really do actually like when documentaries do this, where people are sat, like, with a screen behind them on a chair. I just like it. I really like that vibe. It's very crisp and clean. Mm -hmm. And whilst these... This is the premise of the documentary. You have the people talking. You don't have any real, like a lot of real-life footage because you have the people talking and then you have the movie. That's basically exactly. what we see. The extent of the real-life footage is the the the, doc, the dialogue from the wiretaps, which yeah. is used for the reenactments. Yeah. So, one of our talking heads says... Most people see college admissions, oh, it's based on merit, except for affirmative action for minorities. My view of the admissions process is all sorts of different preferences with, yes, some students getting in on pure merit, but many others getting in due to preferences that skew rich and white. And this guy actually worked Thank in the much. um admissions kind of area of one of the this Ivy guy was universities. My yeah. So some of these merits you guys may be wondering, like, what merits are these? Well, they're things like niche sports, such Thank as sailing, fencing. Mm-hmm. Horseback riding, horseback which riding. only white, rich white kids will do. How many like, niggas you know who fence? Like, since J- the Django days, how many niggas you know riding horses? Like, Bruh. this is the thing. Like, I'm trying to say, this is not to say black people or other ethnic minorities do not participate. But when you go, first of all, how many ethnic minorities are wealthy in America? And then how many of those ethnic minorities are have the access to do some of these things? So and it's not therefore, even just about, like, being able to know where you can go to do these things. Even if you have, like, you know where to go to play, to play, to play fencing, you know, yeah. to fence, yeah. Yeah. Like, all the equipment, all the gear and stuff is enough to price you out of wanting to do that sport Exactly. Because anyway. you, you need to be rich, rich to do this. Like, stupid mm. rich. So another way people get into college outside of merit, these are massive donations. So, like, okay, if you watch, like, a lot of American TV, you might hear people, like, make fun of, like, the preppy rich white guy and say, oh, like, what did your dad have to do to get you in here? Donate this mm-hmm. building, donate this wing, do this, do that. Like, it sounds all, like, fun and games, but this shit is real. Like, people really do donate buildings to universities. Right. And unfortunately, because America is the closest thing to a free... um what's the word on free market that you'll see in like modern day society where the government basically leaves people to do whatever the hell they want it's extremely capitalist even something like education is seen as like a money-making venture because yeah. you will hear massive so if amounts prison is how much more education education you will hear massive amounts of money that parents and already like school fees in america are astronomical but you will hear like of parents putting in a massive amount of money just to hopefully secure their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Without so, guarantee. Without guarantee. So one of the people whose parents donated a lot of money to get them into Harvard Tell him. was Jared Kushner. Who Thank is Jared you. Kushner? Jared Kushner is married to Ivanka Trump. Who is Ivanka Trump? None other than President Cheeto Puff's daughter. So this is Trump's daughter. So, yeah, he was admitted and Jared Kushner had very basic like grades like if his father wasn't his father he wouldn't have gotten in to thank you Harvard. very much 
Tell him how much. Tell him how much he pledges to Harvard. Oh, two point five million. Million. Just casual. Two point. Just. Can you imagine how much money you need to have that you can then donate two point five million? Because if you shook me and like if you shook me and you squeezed me, you wouldn't get one million. You wouldn't Um, get half a million. It's wild. And you know what? And you know the the point that um I think it comes up later as well is that. So Jared Kushner, right, as we've established, basic grades, average, like just an average Joe, right? Average Jareds, yeah. But his dad can afford to get him into Harvard, essentially. And that's not to say that, oh, no, actually it is to say, it is to say that he wouldn't have gotten in if not for that donation, right? But it's like, because that kind of man has gotten into Harvard, he will believe that, or he'd be made to believe that it was on his own merit, that he is capable. And this kind of man is the same kind of person who will say, oh, you know, you just need to work hard and pull yourself up by the bootstraps. But it's like, but this is and this is why privilege is a thing, because you cannot, it doesn't matter how hard you worked or how yeah. much you studied for those SATs or whatever test they not. take, yeah? You weren't good enough. You wouldn't have been good enough to get in. Yeah. Like, it, like your chances were significantly increased by the fact that your father donated 2.5 million. And how yeah. many people's fathers can donate 2.5 million? Yeah. And even and you outside... And you I should have worked harder. And this outside of this, this is gonna this might speak seem like a reach, but just follow me here. Even outside of this, this also breeds that like adds to like rape culture and entitlement of a lot of these rich white people because like your father can buy you a place in anywhere. So therefore you feel entitled to any and anything mm. you want, like because you are white and you are rich, and you have father. money. And Literally. his father. That's why you get the the Harvey Weinsteins of the world. Exactly. Literally. It's like how dare so- you tell me no? I exactly, my way and this all adds to, to like it all adds to rape culture. It's it's a disgusting Everything cycle. Is connected. Yeah. So the thing with these donations, because I know some of you are like, okay, so if you can just donate this money, why didn't um, Felicity Hoffman do that? Well, the thing with these checks is they weren't a guarantee for a place, and also, like, you needed to donate a lot of money for yeah. your your admission to even so like. So, there was a bit they where someone was like, "Yeah." There was a bit where someone was like, "Oh, can I donate a mil?" And they were like, "Well, mm, that that's not really going to move the 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 gauge. Yeah. Like, you need to. You're talking big, big numbers mm-hmm. with no guarantee that your kid is going to get a place. Exactly. So Singer sees a gap in the market, and he's like, "Yo, I can guarantee <laughs> not a, a gap place. in the market. <laughs> Literally, he's like, I can guarantee your kid gets a place for less than half of the price, mm-hmm. which is." Still, still like because one thing rich people like is money, so they're going to want to spend less money for the same for an even better result because that's how they keep their money. It makes sense if I was a rich person in that situation, why am I giving Harvard 2.5 mil when I can give Singer half half a mil and and guarantee? I don't even even have to hope and pray. So, one of the interesting things I found about this documentary, which I didn't know before I watched the documentary, was a lot of these kids actually didn't know what their parents were doing to get them into college. And so this, and so this, I think, I understand why, because like plausible deniability, right? I understand why you wouldn't want to get your kid involved. But then it's like, that just goes back to the point I was making about Jared Krishna, more so in this case, because you truly believe that you are mm. an amazing person and you're so intelligent. And I didn't even have to work hard in school when I got in because I'm so smart and I'm so amazing. And yeah. you're being fed this lie because your parents are going behind your back to lie and pay to get you into college. Mm. And you will turn around and tell someone who works really hard and didn't make it oh well all i did was work hard this is why you have to take all this information and these twitter threads with a pinch of salt because yeah. you don't know what's happening behind the yeah. scenes do you know what it's i mean 100% true, you yeah. cannot compare yourself to anybody else 
So now we learn a bit about Rick Singer, um, the mastermind, as we said, behind this whole scheme. And Rick was from a very obscure background. And I feel like a lot of these con men always are. It's like they didn't grow up with that silver spoon. So like they want to do any and everything to get mm. there. It's like Catch Me If You Can if you've watched that movie. Yeah. So um, he had an unhappy childhood. His parents split up. He was super smart and he had the gift of the gab. And yeah. he went to multiple colleges. We never really learned why he does. But he ends up becoming a basketball coach. And this is the genesis of where, like, this is the birth story of this scam. Because what he does is, because he's, a college, <laughs> because he's a college basketball coach, he understands athletic admissions, which mm-hmm. ultimately helps him ha- in understanding how to bribe coaches and different people mm-hmm. in the athletic kind of sector admissions because yeah. yeah athletic admissions and scholarships are a massive part of like american um like the american educational system mm-hmm. so like if you see like a lot of kids who do like um basketball or um football american football they're doing it to get to college because it's the only way they can afford to get to college. Yeah, you come and you expect it to play and do this and do that because that's your payback to the team and the team then so on and so forth. And it's also a massive money-making venture, which is why, like, it's really, like, important for a school, to, for the division a school is in. Like, when I was studying in America, my school was, like, a D1, Division One, And, like, some of the coaches for these schools that are, like, Division One, like, they get paid millions. So, mm-hmm. like... Can you imagine a basketball coach in uni in England, what they're earning? These coaches get paid millions. So there's so much, there's so much that goes into it, but it's basically really important for a school to be really good in its sports and yeah, a way for you to get in. So now we meet John Vandermore. And this is the guy that I remember his name. Yeah, up until the end, I really was feeling for this guy, but my opinions of him change. Oh, really? So, Mine didn't change. He's a sailing coach in Stanford at Stanford and he meets meets up with Rick who introduces himself as obviously an independent college counsellor so they speak about recruiting which in Stanford basically works by each sport being giving a sec a certain amount of kids that they can recruit into the college basically yeah um and just Rick is asking okay I've got this girl Molly um can you bring her in on the sailing club, basically, via a sailing club kind of recruit. And John's like, listen, I filled my quota for this, you know, week or for the for the this intake. Yeah, so no, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Literally. So then Rick is like, okay, can the family donate a million? And John's like, okay, well, let me go speak. And even the fact that this is a thing, and this isn't even like an illegal thing, like families can donate monies to schools in like to further their kids' chances, that even the fact that this is allowed is extremely problematic to me. Yeah. So John goes and speaks to his like boss, and his boss is like, yeah, like a million dollars. This is where we hear that a million dollars isn't really going to do much. And then Rick's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Like, I'll holler at you later. Like, say no more. Next thing, Molly gets in Stanford. And Rick calls John and is like, yo, like Molly's in Stanford. Thanks. You know, and Rick is like, John's like, mm, I didn't do anything, but okay. And he's okay. like, okay, 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 I'm going to donate $500,000 to the sailing club. And John was like, okay, well, you can, but I didn't do anything. Yeah. And so John gets his check, takes it to his, like, the dean of admissions and the 
executive of the sports whatever and they're like oh cool yeah we know who rick is thanks for the admissions oh this is great and they all kind of have this conversation about how john essentially did nothing and just got this amazing donation so let's park that piece of information yeah put a pin in that put a pin in that so now we're going to learn a bit about how the scandal itself works Right, tell him. So we're looking at this from a Stanford point of view. Mm-hmm. So there's this woman called Heinel, and she's kind of like the gatekeeper. She's the oil that helps this whole machine work. Machine run. Mm-hmm. So Rick puts together a sports profile for a student. And then she he puts all this fake shit in it. Like, Basically, like... I think we need to really like exaggerate like the effort that goes into this. Photoshop. It's a like, lot. They will say this person is a swimmer. And obviously, because these people are rich, they have pools in their house, right? And so then they will take a picture in the pool, like a ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know, what is it that they play polo or whatever the fuck sport they play in yeah. water, yeah? And so they will, they will pose with that. And then they will superimpose the image, be doing up Photoshop, Photoshop to make it seem as though this person is actually playing in a match. Like, they do the same for rowing, they do the same for whatever sport that they need. And it's like, this is not just, like, deception. Like, this is... This is Full so on. premeditated. Fraud- like, it's fraudulent. Yeah, it's yeah. fraudulent. Yeah, literally. And the thing is that, like, I think this is something I didn't... First of all, I didn't understand there was so much of, so, of an athletic angle yeah. towards the, the yeah. scandal. Same. But also, I think when I heard of the college admissions scandal, what I kind of thought were rich parents going to, like, the dean of admissions, giving and him, like, a shitload them. of money, and then, and then like, their in. kids getting in. I that's mean, I that, that was very kind of... Um, I mean, that's bad enough. Salacious, but, I mean, but to know that that is salacious. actually legal, that's actually legal. Like you can do that, donate money, maybe not to the dean, but you can donate money to school. The thing is, you can you can. I think what is illegal is like donating in order to receive something in return. Even though but that's I, what you're doing, it yeah. is not proven that that you're doing that. It's kind of like saying, "Well, I, I just happened to donate five hundred thousand, and my child happened to get in." You cannot prove that the two are linked. Yeah. Whereas with this whole admissions thing, it's like you can prove. That they are linked. Yeah. And I think that's where you really learn that there's a lot of deception here because they, all the pictures and everything, it's very intentional. And yeah. the kids are, and these kids should not be going to college either because did you not ask your mummy and daddy why you were in a pool did, taking did pictures you, like this? And did you not wonder how you got into Stanford when you don't do any AP classes and you just, ba- you barely get by at school? Literally, you barely. <sighs> so... One of the talking heads is basically like he doesn't understand how these things did not raise any alarms, which lets me feel five for five basketball player. Yeah, I'm sorry. Which which makes me feel like more people knew about this than like they let on because there's a fast fight, like you said, a five foot five basketball player, fake lacrosse players, water polo players, players who had never played water polo, by the way. Um, and there was and this is a good point because what someone says that um some of these sports like you don't just take up in the last year of of college or school, whatever the man doing. Yeah, in that you need to have been doing it for years. Yeah, like you would have been doing it and it would have been like, you know, you're playing you're playing these sports. Mm-hmm. You don't just suddenly just wake up and decide, oh, I'm gonna play lacrosse. Like that's not yeah. something you just do you in just the last do, yeah. the last year of high school. Literally. So whenever these red flags would come up in meetings, Heinel would act as the liaison and she would smoothen things out. And then the kids would essentially be accepted without even applying. Um, and then the parents would then send money and these kids would come to the unis and they would just not show up for practice. And this would work because the admission board relies on coaches to say the athletes are coming to mm-hmm. 
the team and practicing. But I found that kind of weird because say I'm a coach and I've got 60 places for this year. Yeah. To make up a team. And then I accept three of them on this scandal basis. I guess it wouldn't be three, but say you accept three of them on a scandal basis. Your team has then dropped from 60 to 57. Yeah. So then how you know do you... you have bench warmers anyway, so... They I guess, I guess. It all balances out. So we now see a really sad clip because basically we see all these kids... In the beginning, we saw all these kids getting accepted into college. Now we see all the rejections and we see how heartbroken some of these kids are and how hard they've work, worked Sam, to get I remember into... this, like, personally. I remember Literally. getting, like four rejections in the space of a week. I remember, you know, in Woodhouse, we had, like, the learning the learning centre. Yeah, yeah. I what it was called, that area. And, like, I remember just taking my email and I literally had, like, four rejections. And I remember being so sad and having, like, people who were crying on results day because they got really shit grades rejoicing because they got all their offers. And mm. I was just like, how have I got four rejections, rejections. in a week? Like, yeah. I, like, I literally watched this, this clip and I just felt so sad for these kids because I was like, fam... I feel you, sis. Yeah, and you better. think your whole life is over. Yeah, literally, you look back and you're like, bruh. <laughs> life hadn't even started. Hadn't even started. So, yeah, this is super sad because you just know that there are other kids whose parents are buying them entry into these Ivy League schools. And some of these kids are talking about how many, um, like, different lessons they do and how hard yeah, they AP work. This, and extra how this, they would bland. not be taking half these, like, courses if it wasn't to get into these schools. And it's... Yeah, the girls these are kids who like, are, I really don't enjoy it. Literally, these are kids that are hungry to learn. Like, they want to actually yeah, go they to want school. To be there. Yeah. So, 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 so sad. So, after Felicity Huffman, I think this particular family scandal bit was the biggest of the celebrity uni scandal mm. things because we and in enters Olivia Jade, um, the YouTuber. And Olivia Jade is like, if white privilege was a, this is a young woman, yeah, like this is what she would be. This is what it would look like. So she is the daughter of Lori Lachlan. I don't know yeah. who she is, but she was in Full House and some fashion designer I'd never heard of, but obviously they have money. Mm-hmm. And basically, Lori and her husband have two kids, Bella and Olivia Jade, and they want them to get to into an Ivy League school. So what they do is they pose them on rowing machines and make them appear as if they do coxswain. I don't... So coxswain is basically the rowing thing. That's what yeah, they I call it. Yeah, I learned that from this documentary. Yeah, same. Like, what the fuck is a coxswain? Like, I was like... Yeah, mm. literally. So we now see multiple videos of Olivia and she's basically saying she doesn't really want to go to college. She wants to drop out of high school. And you know what? Fair enough. She has an extremely successful YouTube career. She technically doesn't need to be continuing education because even if she didn't, her parents have a shitload of money. So I understand why she didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. But her parents are pushing her and saying she has to. Because they didn't go to college. Exactly. So in 2017, Heinel presents Olivia as a recruit with her athletic profile to USC and she's given a conditional offer. Rick then tells her parents that she's been accepted, but they need to keep it hush-hush till March so that, you know, people don't talk. And basically, there's this guidance counsellor. If you guys have watched Bob's Burgers, I can just imagine this guidance counsellor being like the one from Bob's Burgers because they hate their guidance counsellor and they always make fun of him, Mr. Front. <laughs> and um, I just imagine it being the same vibe. So there's this guidance counsellor and apparently Olivia hates him. 
Her parents hate him. The dad hates him. Everyone hates him. And <laughs> he becomes a bit suspicious because, you know, he sees that her first her sister got accepted into, like, this Ivy League school. And then Olivia does. And he's like, mm, their grades aren't that great. And also she doesn't do Coxman. So what the hell is going on? And also, it's, on? Like, it's so bait because you vlog your whole life, right? And not once have you ever vlogged any kind of training, not mentioned any exactly. kind of anything. So it's so obvious that this is not your bag. It's like, a you don't scam, do this. Yeah. 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 Especially these, like like we were saying, these rich white people sports, like, you have to practice. You can't just practice in your house. Yeah, do you know what literally. I mean? Like, literally. It's just so odd. Like, you didn't even try. Like, it's so obvious. It's and audacious. Teachers, teachers know, very audacious. Teachers know, like, students' ability, but for the most part, some of them are haters. But, so the guy that's counsellor, like, obviously he's like, okay, this, no offence, but sis is not getting into USC. Like, this is, yeah. this is strange. Yeah. yeah. So the guidance counsellor's on a call with the, Dean of Admissions, which is stupid of the way they did this scam, because also like the likelihood is these schools talk to each other because it's just exactly. like they have some top. It's just like some universities talk to some like top law firms or whatever. Like these schools are going to talk to each other. This is where mm. the creme de la creme is coming from. They're going to talk. So he's yeah. talking and he's like, mm, yeah, this girl has never participated in this sport. Like I don't know what you lots are doing. Yeah. So Olivia's dad, being I guess the hot headed Italian he is, he rolls up to the school <laughs> and he Come has on, stereotype. Out- <laughs> <laughs> he has it out with the guidance counsellor and he makes a scene and basically tells him to keep his kind of mouth shut and his keep out of his girl's business. Yeah. So Heinel is notified about this and tells Rick that, listen, people need to get their shit under control before their spot yeah. grows up. The thing is, that is even fair enough. You know you're doing, you're doing fuckery, yeah? And you come and shout and making loud, loud. Instead of you to bring Instead him... Instead of sending him a hamper. Literally, exactly, send him a hamper. Exactly. With all the exclusive wines that he uh, he would never get exactly. on a guidance counsellor's salary. You're salary, going in, you're me. grabbing him by the shirt collar. Your time is finished, bro. You are finished. done. Finished. You're out of here. So basically, Rick... We're back to Vandermore. And Rick is like applying pressure to him to take a look at it a kid that he has and saying that he'll do, donate 100, 110,000 to the sailing club, um, which was, as we learned, very underfunded. And again, with these schools, they have these... So this is what Rick did. Rick would go and he would look at niche sports. So mm. again, like sailing, horseback riding, these were completely yeah, underfunded. Course. No one's going to um, leave that with American football. Exactly. Like, every space and is valuable. basketball. Exactly. So he would really massage and work with these sports, areas of sports, basically, mm. rather than the big, big ticket items, because nobody was looking for these, um, at these small sport areas. And also they needed funding. Yeah. So. How many times is this airport going to fall out my ear? I'm going to start counting. This is number one. <laughs> So, um, basically, after obviously offering the large sum of money, he gets John on board. So the thing we but, find but out is... But do you feel like at this point that John knows, like, yeah. the extent of what's going on? Yeah, I didn't know. As I was watching it, I didn't know at this point. But by the end, I was like, yeah, John knew. Like, okay. he just, he just sad that he got got. Yeah, I didn't so, knew, obviously, Rick is a businessman. And mm. he his mm-hmm. business is getting people to pay him for this shit. So we also find out that he would... Con- Fair. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We also found out that he would convince parents that kids could not get in on their schools alone. Even if the kids really did have good scores and could get in with, like, you know, without all this, he, he would convince See, the thing, them that they needed the I understand the, the point. He's very manipulative. But it's also like, okay, cool, your kid may get in with their scores. 
maybe they're even likely to get in with their schools, but they're mm-hmm. guaranteed to get in with me. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, it's like, your, which one do you want to do? You want to do yeah, Russian exactly. roulette with your kids' future, or exactly with your kids' yeah. future? And I think it's so easy to like guilt trip parents into being like, okay, well, you, are you a shit mum? Are you a shit dad? Like, yeah. do you not want to help your child? And I think that's what a lot of them. Basically, there's that coupled with the entitlement of it all. So, like, I'm not saying anyone's a victim here, besides the the the, the children who didn't have this as an option. You know? Yeah, literally. So basically, one avenue Rick exploited or, or used to bolster his you know opportunities of always being successful or whatever was he would exploit the whole thing of like kids with learning difficulties getting extra time um during their test so he would tell the parents to go and get their kids tested for learning difficulties and the kids would pay extra like he would say quote unquote play dumb and they would end up getting extra time then Rick would tell the parents to take their kids to do the test. So basically he'd make it seem like, okay, we're going to go view schools in California. So you need to do your SATs or whatever test in California. Cool. The kids would go and do a test and there would be a proctor who was somebody that was working with Rick. So Mm -hmm. the proctor would oversee the kid taking the test. Just the two of them would be in a test situation. And because the kids had learning difficulties, they would take their test on a separate sheet. Because I didn't understand the learning difficulties bit, but kids with learning difficulties don't take their test on the actual test paper itself. They take it on a separate sheet. Oh, I don't understand I why. the learning difficulties thing was just for extra time. No, so it, they take it on a separate sheet. Right. And then they submit their sheet to the proctor. The proctor will then have a spare sheet where he fills in all the stuff and scraps what the the kid actually Mm -hmm. wrote cool and so when the test would come out this kid would get like perfect marks whatever marks rick had discussed with the parents that seemed realistic Mm -hmm. and you know above average for this kid the kid that's what the proctor would deliver and then the kid would log in and see their test results and be like, whoa, like I had a really, I must have tested really great that day. Yeah, and they actually did the test. So you can yeah. forgive them for feeling like they did well. Yeah, literally. So now we meet the proctor who's Mark Riddell and he was a Harvard graduate who would, you know, be the one to take these tests. He's super smart. And basically we you. see... Harvard graduate, you're doing Harvard graduate, you know. So we see the white privilege in how he's described here, just the epitome of it. And one of the talking heads says... One of the things that amuses me and annoys me when I see most of the reports around him being a, you know, test-taking savant or whatever they choose to call him on the moment, um, he's an adult who's taking a test designed for 11th graders. Anyone worth their salt in the test preparation industry should be able to do what he did. The question is, would they be willing to do it? And Thank literally, you. I was so if, happy when he said that. If you work in the, and basically he's like, if you work in the business of preparing students for uni, which is what he does, then you should flip and be able to you take this be able test. To take and it's Thank because you. he's a white guy, because could you imagine if there was a black man taking tests for underprivileged black kids to get them oh, into he good would schools? Be demonized. Oh, criminal. Vilified. Oh, criminal. Stealing from our country. A scorn on the society. Blah, 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 blah. Here we have this guy who's de- described as a like a genius. Harvard graduate taking a test, doing fucking not GCSE. even doing GCSEs. Uh, Harvard graduate doing GCSEs and succeeding. And you guys are saying, "Wow, this this testing." What you. a wow! Oh my god! And the thing is, oh wow. my god! And it's a thing where it's like, from you're there's there's that season, right? So you're probably doing the same motherfucking tests, the same motherfucking sets, same each time, each time. 
You know this shit like the back of your hand. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck. So we learned that singer paid Riddell 10,000 per test. And Haiki, I would do it for 10,000 per test. I would do it. GCC's you could pay your pop. If I was doing one a week, I'd get my deposit in in literally (laughs) five tests. I'm so good. I would do them simultaneous equations, B. Listen. (laughs) You don't know about me. So the key thing about this scandal is it's the wealthy who have the means and the willingness to take advantage of this corruption. And, Mm. you know, therein lies the essence of this, like, this whole thing. Because yeah. it's only the rich and the wealthy that can even partake in this level of corruption. Yeah, it's even, not certain levels of crime to... that are above our pay grade. Like I cannot be a certain kind of criminal because I, not, I don't I have the money. This, I can't be a key player in this, literally. Mm-hmm. So now we learn about the downfall. So we've seen who Singer is, how this started, what it entailed, and now we mm-hmm. see the downfall. The rise and now the fall. Fall, literally. The crescendo. So <laughs> it's kind of fake how it all happens because it wasn't that somebody snitched or like if this one thing hadn't have happened, which is kind of like the butterfly effect, Singer would still be doing yeah. what he does. Yeah. So basically this to one this guy day. gets literally this <laughs> one guy gets arrested on unrelated charges and decides to trade information for leniency. So he basically trades in Rudy Meredith. Rudy De- Meredith is one of the coaches who was receiving bribes from Singer. And he's so, black. And that makes me really sad. Yeah, it made me very sad. Rudy Meredith gets locked up Akon and he is singing like a canary. He's like, oh, you want them notes? You think Beyonce got notes? Let me hit you with a few. And so this is the thing as well, like Rudy snitches, right? And I want to just make it clear to the listeners that he snitches and he's a snitch, not because he cooperated with the police. He's a snitch because he cooperated with the police on a case that he was also involved in and implicated in, in order to save himself. Like if if you are cooperating with the police, if you are telling them what happened, you are a civilian, you are just telling them what happened, that you're witness you know what i mean yeah. that's fine if you are participating in a crime and in order to save yourself you go and tell on the people you crimed with yeah then you were gonna add that to our dictionary then you are a snitch well i mean i believe in snitching though because let me tell you something if i go and commit a crime with somebody yeah and i didn't actually commit the crime i was just so say i'll go to rob people go to rob a bank and they're like to me i'll give mm-hmm. you ten thousand pounds to be the getaway driver and i get caught I'm snitching because... Yeah, but you participated in the crime. You benefited yeah, but, from the commission yeah, but, of the crime. Yeah, but I was, I was not the main participant. So that main participant is going participant, down. Participant, participant. Listen, Because you... I'm not doing 20 years when no, I did not even run in. Of course. And then no, I could no. get five. Of course. You have to think, you have to think about yourself. And I, I'm not saying that... You, okay, I'm, it, what, what I'm trying to do, yeah is differentiate snitching from being a witness to a crime. In that oh, bank yeah. robbery situation, you're not a witness to a crime. You crimed also. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a big difference, but I, I do wholeheartedly believe in snitching. That's fine. That's cool, but I'm robbing yeah. no banks with you. I'm off to do that shit solo. <laughs> okay. Um, so Rudy is hitting them Beyonce. No, he's hitting them Effie White notes, actually, because Effie White yeah. and Dream Girls, Chef's Kiss. So he's right, hitting them Effie shit. White notes, and he's like, Okay, I got I got notes for you. Let me tell you about this nigga Rick. Mm-hmm. So Meredith snitches about Nick and his fake whatever scandal. So once the FBI arrest Rudy and he spilled his guts, he's like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Uh, let me set Rick up. So they set Rick up telling Rick that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we've got somebody who wants their kid to get into Harvard and wants to meet you, blah, 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 blah. And so Rick shows up at this hotel. He walks in and it's the FBI in the hotel room. I don't really feel like it went down like that, but yeah. 
No, I think, do you know what? Maybe he didn't, but it was just so funny in the, re- in the movie thing, yeah, the reenactment. It's like he comes to this really nice hotel and he's like walking through and he knocks on the door and then this like lady FBI agent opens the door. It's like literally, literally like an episode of like CSI or whatever. Pick any any criminal show, yeah. No, no, and she opens the door with her short, you know, they have the, like the short, like yeah, that short. I've got hairst- black kids. Yeah. yeah, I've got the Karen, I've got black kids. Yeah. Um, and haircut. then she pulls out she her badge. Opens, and she, she pulls out her badge and he's just looking and he's just like bewildered and it's like, okay, dramatic effects. Literally. I loved it though. So, okay, Rick gets got. And then, <laughs> literally. Long story short. <laughs> long story short, he gets got. And literally, it doesn't take him two seconds to be like, oh shit, like, not only am I going to sing a song of all these things, I will write you the song with the lyrics, make the tune, and yeah. So Rick yeah, decides to sell, literally, and distribute. Rick decides to sell out all of his people then. Everyone. He is like, if I'm and going so down, well. I am not going down alone. He does and it so well. So well. So he decides to wear a wire. He's like, whatever you lots want me to do, I'm going to tap dance for you. He wears Bruh. a wire. He wears body He's cam. He's like, anything yeah. and everything you want, I'm going to give it to you good. So it's 2018 <laughs> and we're in Stanford and poor John gets called. And this yeah. is one where he's being set up, basically, because the FBI are white up in everything. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, because Rick calls, Rick calls John, right? Yeah. And basically, John tells us how, like, when he gets this call, he's getting ready to go meet someone. He's not really listening to what Rick says, so he's just um, in and I. But the premise of this call was Rick really did spell out exactly what he was looking for. He said, I've got a student. Um, I need you to get them into school as one of your recruits. I'll pay X amount of money mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you do your thing. And John's like, yeah. And I feel like even if you're busy and you're, you know, buttering your toast or whatever and making a cup of tea and you're just a minute iron to get someone off the phone, if somebody says something to you that is off the wall, you'll be alert and be like, yo, whoa. What are you talking about? John was very complacent in that conversation. It was like he knew. And you know what? I The only reason I sympathise with him or empathise is because all the money John got from Rick went into the sailing club. So John was not doing this to drive a Ferrari mm-hmm. or to wear lubes. Literally, it wasn't self-serving. It was literally like, I am in a really underfunded part of the school um, I have students who are relying on me as a recruit and I will take this money and use it for them. I understand, but I just don't think he had no clue what was going on. I don't know. So I'm trying to decide whether and I also, think sorry he's to say, but naive. why would Rick keep, keep paying him? Which there was evidence he was doing. Why would Rick keep paying him if John was truly doing nothing? I get that you thing. do nothing like, once, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like a part of it was just him being very naive about the whole thing. Mm. But... Yeah, also, I don't know, like, all these calls he was making, I was just like, I'm like, have you people never watched an episode of Power? Like, do you not understand that you're being set up? Who calls you to be like, oh, let's discuss the details of our crime on the phone right now, <laughs> randomly, out of the blue? Like, do you not think that's... Wait, it's like it's like you calling me and being like, oh, hey, do you remember that time when we went to da 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 and we did da da I said, I don't know, I don't know who, that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, but that's why they say that, like... Rick is very lucky that it's white collar crime because right co- yeah. white collar criminals live in their cushy life, driving their yeah. cars, not knowing. And kind of they their don't cushy think anything bad Yeah, literally. But like, if he was talking to like hardened drug dealers, he probably yeah, would not have gotten no away with this shit. He would have been made in. He would have been made. They, they would have cut his head off and or cut his horse's head off and put it in bed with him. <laughs> 
Why the horse got to die, man? Why does the horse got to die? <laughs> so one of the talking heads says something which I really also think is interesting. He was basically mm-hmm. like, this is a weird setup because usually you seek out the buyers which lead you to the yes. distributor. And then you, you know, your job is done. You're not really looking at these small time fish. You work your fish. way up. Yeah, but this way it was backwards because they had Rick selling a product and then they were searching for the buyers. Yeah. Maybe the fear was that if Rick got made, they would just seek somebody else out. I don't know, but it was weird. I felt like if you had Rick... Yeah, if you had Rick, what do you need these other people for? But I guess it's it's a fuck you to to white rich America. I, I think that, and I also think that it's like, Rick was only successful because of these parents and like these it's almost like teaching using them as an example to like teach other parents that like yeah. okay cool you can try this but it's not you're going to get caught kind of thing yeah whereas like with like drug users it's like hey run uh, do you know what I mean how many people are you going to arrest yeah for, yeah, for crack yeah it's like, true. you're going to have to arrest half of the flipping country and so, you once you try it literally so John gets spoken to by the FBI and Basically, this is where I saw John playing himself in a movie. He played himself in a movie. Did he? Yeah, he did. And I was like, bro, I know you need to check, but shit. No, he needs so, to check. So he was charged with tax fraud, mail fraud, and wire fraud, each count carrying 20 years in prison. Ooh. And the idea was that he helped Rick get people who um, weren't sailors in Stanford. Stanford was willing to testify testify against him. Rick was willing. So he it seemed like he just didn't have a case based game. Obviously that tape was very damaging. So in the end he pleads guilty. So but do but okay, but I know we're debating whether he, you know, knew or didn't know naive or whatever, but like, do you feel that that carries like sixty years, these FBI people know how to just put on charges because it's like there's yeah. no way that guy deserves 60 years but he wouldn't have gotten 60 years either which I way mean, but just but you're looking at 60 years you're gonna you're gonna do and say yeah whatever it is. they do it to scare take you. that risk yeah me yeah. i will be scared i'm scared yeah so in the end john gets hate mail um a lot of it he loses his job he loses his health care he gets a ten thousand dollar fine but no jail time um and now we're right we're rounding up basically rick singer is back in sacramento because he's still helping the fbi he hasn't been charged he's telling people he's not going to jail he still swims laurie gets two months in prison and felicity Mm. hoffman gets 14 days 14 days why did you even bother literally it was very cheeky so one of the talking heads said something really interesting or it really struck a chord with me no good will have come out of these sentences or out of this scandal the fines they've been given, meaningless in terms of hitting them in their pocketbook. What a difference it could have made if we hit them hard and put that money to work for underprivileged kids. That would have been amazing. Then you can say at least some good came of it. And yes, I, agree. I agree. I agree. These 14 day whatevers, they're going to do fuck all. Nobody, there's not even any stigma with the fact that Felicity Hoffman is a felon. Like, nobody even cares. Yeah. Like, she's still no a rich woman. No one's doing checks on her anyway. She's still going to work. Literally, she's still going to work. So is Laurie. Yeah. Like, there's no shame. Like, Olivia Jade still posts and has her YouTube standing. She even she's has, even like... on Red Table Talk. And literally, she even has, like... Oh, God. She even <laughs> come, came out and said she felt victimised. Sis. Sis. I stupid. So, n- no, <laughs> justice was not served. It yeah, was... at all. Yeah. yeah. 
So one of the talking heads also says that we should blame the colleges because they've created this system. Yep. And agree. these and they've also benefited from this scandal because this scandal not, they've makes, not been punished at all. Literally, the it's scandal your makes staff that are doing it's your this. staff. It's your mandem. The scandal just makes them seem more exclusive. And normal everyday people are thinking, whoa, if rich people are willing to go to jail to send their kids there, then what more me? And then the black talking head says that this whole this whole scandal, okay, just shows that because people are sitting here and thinking, why would you do this? These kids are already privileged. Whether they get a Harvard education or not, mm-hmm. they will be set good, you know, because you guys yeah, are wealthy. Like the they can just join daddy's business. And he's basically yeah. saying that this scandal has highlighted the toxicity that dwells in rich white America because it's not about the education. It's about, I have everything obtainable and I want to enter this exclusive club. And my mm-hmm. kid going to this Ivy League school is part of a club. So I have to have it. Yeah. It's nothing to and do with how good the education is. Yeah. Yeah, literally. So it basically ends with us seeing like pictures of everybody who um, was involved in videos of people who were involved in scandal, what their pleas were and what they got. Most of the people who were sentenced got months in prison. I think yeah, I saw the, the max like seven, seven six months. Yeah, seven. They mm. wouldn't serve that. Yeah, so that was the end of the college admission scandal. Um, the John John guy, the John Vander John guy, he now coaches sailing independently. Um, oh, I Stanford that. say that they donated all the funds that they received from these donations, which I don't believe. No. Um, Rick Singer is still free. Um, he pled guilty, but he's awaiting sentencing. Um, and yeah, not everyone's actually been sentenced yet, but yeah. At the end, they were like, yeah, the side door. So Rick Singer's way is closed, but the back door is still open. So you can still donate a shitload of money and hopefully... And maybe, maybe gain. Guys, yeah, that was the college admission scandal. It was interesting and... I mean, it didn't tell me anything I didn't know, which is that, like, if you're money and you if you got money and you're white, then life is different for you. It's a different standard. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I I didn't know that's how it went down. So that was interesting. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the proof is all I can say. Um, the proof. Someone did actually make a point basically saying that, like, it's not necessarily that, like, there's not enough colleges for everyone to go to. It's just everybody wants to go to the same colleges. And that's also because of the whole, like, prestige thing. And it's like, yeah. if we just kind of took that power away from these colleges and just applied to all these other colleges, it would be fine. But that would it never, never happen, happen because, yeah. yeah, it would never happen. So And even that guy that was talking, he was talking from also a place of white privilege because he was like, you can go to any college and get an excellent education. And it's like, bro, okay, yeah, you and can... then well, where will I work? Where will I be? Exactly, because yeah, you can go to like something tech, you know, any polytechnic yeah. and come up with a degree. And there's nothing wrong with it if that's what you what you want. But you can go anywhere and get a degree. But especially as a black person, you have to be ten times better than a white person just to be at the same place as a mediocre white person. So yeah. I can be black and go to Harvard. It doesn't guarantee me shit. Let alone me going to polytechnic Nick to literally to also do the same thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, stop it. It's easier said than done. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we doing next? We are doing, um, what's his name? Louis Theroux. Louis Theroux. The meth. Louis Theroux, the city addicted to Is it Theroux or Theroux? It's Theroux. Do you know why? Because I remember someone doing a remix and I was like, I gotta get through this. (laughs) I gotta get through this. I gotta make it it through this. 
Um, yeah, but oh, I'm sure he'll say his name in the doc so that I can just yeah. check what it is. I'm really excited for that one. I really love him, and I love yeah, all his documentaries. He's such good vibes. He is my babe, honestly. He adds. I think. I think he's on the spectrum, but that. I think that's so. his personality. And he's so unapologetically himself. Like, no matter who yeah. he's around or what he's doing, like, he's, and it's, it's so endearing as well, like, to see yeah. him be him around any and everybody. Everyone. Yeah. And it's like, ugh, I've just never seen anyone who doesn't like him. Like, if you don't like Louis Theroux, you are bad vibes. You are bad vibes. You are the problem. You are. You are. Um, so we're going to play the trailer for you next. But before then, when can, when, when can they find us? Thursday. Uh, but where, where can they find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Girls One Doc. Oh, and YouTube. and YouTube as well. Yeah, I always forget also, YouTube. Also, uh, so YouTube episodes will be released on the Friday after the Thursday that they're released on DSPs. Mm-hmm. Um, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram, four ends with two underscores, and also my other podcast, Character Replay. And oh my gosh, you can also find us at Two Girls One Doc on TikTok. Oh, we finally Two Girls One Doc underscore underscore. Yes, we mm-hmm. finally um joined Gen Z. You know, we're going to be the geriatrics on there, but we've done it. We did indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm going to play the trailer. Wait, where can I find you? Oh, on Instagram and Twitter at BD on Eyewear and also BD on Um, But yeah, we're going to play the trailer for you. Um, so yeah, welcome to the, the Louis Theroux fan club. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Bye. How much meth would you have to take to become that badly damaged by it? Well, crystal meth, it, it has, um, it's basically poison and it affected my nervous system. You took so much meth, it affected your nervous system? <laughs> yeah, it affects your nerve system and I have, uh, your receptors are going like, so movements fast and I have, like, jaw movements that, that, uh, is acting up in my body. Crystal meth, what happens is it deteriorates your teeth, right? Can you show us your teeth? It rottens up your teeth and it gets, it, it actually just... Tears them all up, see? Tears them all up. See? Tears them all up. I was in Fresno, California, on the trail of the world's most abused hard drug. You're up so high, you're spinning like a kite, you're biting your teeth, you're grinding them because you don't even know what your body's doing. Um, your eyes are going 100 miles an hour in every direction. What is it? Crystal meth. Methamphetamine, or crystal meth, is a derivative of speed. Cheap and easy to produce, it can be devastating for those who get addicted. Face the other way. Face away from me. I hate that. Hate not being clean, but I hate being clean. You know, I messed up by using again. I was hoping to understand the hold the drug exerts over its users by spending time in the world of the hardcore addicts. Does it look tempting, Louis? Huh? Look tempting? And so I'd come to one of the worst affected areas in America. 